God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is Will Rice, and First Light is a brief Bible challenge encouraging you to read God's Word, to think about God's Word, and to live it in real life. Do you know how to push play? Do you know how to stir the uh, feelings of other people. Maybe you can make someone mad with just a word, or maybe you can make someone happy by recalling a story. Sometimes we talk about someone and we say, well, they're, they're just so quiet, they, they, they don't say much. And then someone hears us uh, making that comment and they say, you think that person's quiet? No, they're not quiet. If you stick around them long enough, you'll, you'll hear them say plenty. Well, all of us have plenty to say. It just depends on what the discussion is. So if I talk about Ford trucks, or uh, I talk about uh, tacos, or I talk about the Denver Broncos, or I talk about something else, there's probably someone who feels very passionately about one of those things and has a lot to say about them. Which is to say, every one of us uh, is animated by something. Every one of us is made alive by something. Now, the fact is, sometimes we can do good things, but do them for the wrong reasons. We can even do good things, but be animated or made alive by the wrong motivation. And so there's some importance to that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul says by inspiration, but we have this treasure, that is the gospel, in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So this great treasure, this gospel, is, is put in something like a clay pot. It's put in something very plain indeed. And and so there's a contrast between the value of what's inside and maybe the vessel. Uh, all of us probably know someone, maybe a preacher, because those are very visible, and God greatly uses them, and people are saved through their ministry, and people are encouraged by their ministry. And you meet them in person, and you, you think to yourself, wow, this person's not eloquent. He's not particularly educated. He's not particularly dynamic, and yet God is using him in a great way. How could that be? And the answer is, it's not God, it's not Him, I should say. It's the God who animates Him, who gives Him life. Here's a question I want to ask you today. What animates your life? What gives life to your actions? Ultimately, one of two people, one of two persons, I might say, will animate your life today. Well, how do you know whether it's you that is animating or giving life to your actions, or whether it is God? Well, let me give you two questions to ask yourself uh, today. The first question is this, who gives the power? We're told that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It wasn't that the vessel uh, carrying the gospel was remarkable. You know, by comparison to a man named Apollos, Paul was very plain in his speech. He wasn't an orator, and yet he was used greatly because God was the one doing the work in Paul. Uh, my uncle, I've heard him pray sometimes, God, help me to think what Jesus would think and say what Jesus would say and do what Jesus would do and feel what Jesus would feel today. Well, that's a wonderful prayer because Jesus would say things that I can't say or do things that I wouldn't think to do or feel ways that I wouldn't feel. And so what we're talking about is the animating power of another person, Jesus Christ in us. I recently heard a discussion between a podcast, it was a podcast, of uh, men, very intelligent, uh, some of whom I think would have considered themselves agnostic, they're not sure whether there is a God or not, but they were very much aware that Western culture has been greatly shaped by uh, people who believed in God. And so they have this, this dilemma of, 
um, their appreciation for much of the culture they have, have lived in, but wondering whether there is a God that actually animates that culture. And uh, even to say something is right or wrong, if you don't believe there's a God, then how can you say there is a right or a wrong? That was the gist of the conversation. Now, the truth is you can't very well have the, the good of Christ without having Christ himself. You may live a good life, but if there's no Christ living within you, the only person that can really live the life of Christ is Christ. Uh, these men on, these uh, agnostics went on to say how they'd been in uh, third world countries where there was an oppressed church, and, and they talked about the vibrancy of that church and the, the passion of that church, and they just couldn't quite explain it. Well, of course they can't. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, because they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Which is to say, your intelligence alone is not going to bring you to God. Um, I think God can be rationally accepted, but I think he's a lot more than just your rationality, your mind. God is greater than the mind that he has given you. There's no doubt about that. So an example of the fact that Jesus wants to be the, the animating power of your life is the comfort that Paul talks about. In chapter 1, he says that God is the God of all comfort and that he comforts us. In uh, chapter 7, speaking about uh, this animating power of comfort, uh, the Apostle Paul from his own testimony says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7 that uh, he had been in a lot of trouble, both inside and outside. He, there were fears and fightings. Nevertheless, 2 Corinthians 7, 6 says, Nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. So as we said uh, on another episode here, that God is the one that comforted Paul, but he did it through this man Titus. So that God was the one animating the actions of Titus. Uh, you think about giving. Uh, the Bible talks in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 about a cheerful giver and how God loves a cheerful giver. And yet, if you really look at 2 Corinthians 9, most of that chapter is about God's giving through us, God's giving to us, and not merely our giving. For instance, in 2 Corinthians 9, the Bible says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. The Bible says, He hath given, He hath ministered. Uh, how that we are being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Which brings us to a second uh, question we should ask ourselves today. Number one, who gives the power to, to comfort, to give, to do other things that we could not do on our own as we should? The second question this morning is, who gets the credit? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 about our giving, that when we give, it causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Later it mentions many thanksgivings unto God. Uh, it also minister, uh, mentions those who glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of, of Christ. In other words, I may be giving uh, towards others, but God is the one that has given me the power to have money, and God is the one that gives me the grace to give. So who gets the credit? If I can be thanked for every good thing that happens in my life, there's nothing supernatural about that. And I am basically edging God out of my life. The one who is most alive gets the most credit for what I do in my life. You know, sometimes we can even be secretly smug or feel secretly superior because we've done some good thing. Maybe we've given towards our church or some other good, you know, in our mind, good cause. Um, 
and someone else does not know that we've done this good deed. And so we feel kind of superior. We feel kind of smug because, hey, we're even better than they know. Well, two things. Number one, maybe we don't know what good things they've done. And number two, it really doesn't matter. What matters is if I'm the one getting the credit for the good done, then I'm the one that's done the good. And if I'm the one that's done the good, then it's wood, hay, and stubble. It will not be long-lived. On the other hand, if God is the animating power in my life, He's the one that gives the power, and He's the one that gets the credit. Maybe you heard recently about uh, a flight. I think it was going from somewhere in the Middle East to uh, Australia. It was a 13-hour flight that landed at the same airport from which it had taken off 13 hours earlier. Apparently, they'd gotten somewhere over the Pacific, and there were problems at the airport they were headed toward, and they felt that the only recourse was to turn around and go home. You know, friend, today, you're going to land where you take off. If you're the one with the power, you're the one with the credit. And if you're the one with the credit, there's not as much being done as could be done if it was Christ through you. So one of two people will, will animate your life today. And the questions to ask would be, who gives the power and who gets the credit?